hello everybody and welcome to the final episode of Career Diaries by Elamed for 2021 and I am really excited to have on the show the one and only Dr. Basil Akra. Basil, welcome. Thank you, Elena. Thank you for inviting me for this podcast to exchange with you today. So as you know, so this podcast is a little bit different to most. So we're not going to be having a technical training uh, by you today. But today, the goal is to learn a little bit more about your career story and your journey to how you got to where you are today. And also some of those learnings that you can share with our audience. So I know you're somebody who doesn't really need much of an introduction, but maybe you could just say a few words about who you are and what you do for those that may not know you. Yeah, thank you, Elena. And I, I fully agree. Actually, it's nice to have such a discussion during Christmas period. And that's why we have this background of Christmas and looking f- uh, for this actually very nice period of time where everyone can discuss about different things than work. But just short uh, from my side, who I am. So Basilaika is my name, as you just mentioned, and I'm uh, working in regulatory and quality. Uh, have been before working for TIFSUD, uh, the biggest notified body, and uh, supported on regulation implementation. And now uh, consulting uh, manufacturers as well as notified bodies and other stakeholders on preparation for the European legislation. Wow. Okay. So some big names in there that I'm sure uh, we're gonna we're gonna discuss uh, later on. So, but obviously you've got the doctor title, right? Yes. Tell me a little bit about how 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 you came to have that. So actually, it's like um, when I was a child, going back to uh, where I started, I actually grew up in a family where the focus was car industry. So I grew up in a family where everything was related to cars, uh, car spare parts, uh, business, import, export. And um, every time when my dad was asking me, what do you want to do? I was saying, I want to go into medical. And he was totally shocked because it's like the family business will disappear because I'm going in a different direction. And um, he was like looking to me as like, are you sure you don't want to go in the same direction like everyone in the family, like your grandpa, your dad, your uncles, everyone is are in this field. And there was a just focus on medical field. And I want to be actually, I want to be a cardiovascular surgeon. This is what I wanted to be at that time. And um, suddenly, actually, during exchange, I started medical school with a medical doctor who was like part of our family. I discussed about medical career and so on. And uh, I recognized that in medical, you can do actually both. You can do technical and medical. And I became more excited about doing that on uh, going into that direction and learning more about how you can combine medical devices uh, medical treatment and try to help patients to get like an alternative uh, for the future to support them also getting uh, helpful methodology to live longer, to have a better life, to ensure that they, they got a relief from a pain or other uh, diseases that they are facing. And this uh, gave me actually uh, really the power to, to focus on researching, on developing uh, uh, ideas, cardiovascular devices was always my my baby. I found the heart very interesting organ and I thought actually I need to focus on this part and to see how I can get more learning about how you can support patients in this field. 
And uh, one focus was for me, and you said how I came to a doctor, is actually to, to understand much more about the heart, about uh, uh, methods that you can use uh, to treat the heart. Because the heart is like, by the end, what I learned, what I learned from my family in car industry uh, is actually what I implemented in my knowledge when I started looking to medical device field. And I learned that the heart is like a pump and the pump which need actually to have all structures functioning to be able to pump the blood from A to B. And this is how I implemented my, my knowledge from that industry to, to move into medical device industry and start researching on heart valve, heart valve procedures and this is where I uh, uh, graduated and I got my uh, degree in, in, uh, uh, in this uh, biomedical and medical engineering to get a PhD on that. So, 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 you, so where, where are you originally from, Basil? Because you've got an interesting name. Yeah, my, my, yeah my, my, my name is like a, a combination of a lot of cultures. I'm originally, I'm uh, Lebanese. Uh, this is where I grew up. Uh, the, the family of my mom, and uh, this is actually much more Greek, uh, and this is actually the connection between Greek name and Lebanese uh, culture. I'm a German citizen as well, and uh, so this is a mixture of a lot of mentalities. Mm -hmm. And the business-oriented uh, area is coming actually from my from this background because as you know Lebanese people Greek people are actually the Phoenician uh, uh, history of business development and business creation and this is where I have my business touch uh, the medical touch is actually not related to my uh, family because all of them like I mentioned are much more business oriented in car industry but uh, it was actually my passion to to be in this field to be interested to see how I can help other human beings in getting a better future and better life by getting like a, a treatment option to support them getting uh, uh, support during uh, their life and their, uh, let's say, to get a relief on a disease that they are facing. So when you initially sort of like were talking to your family and you sort of said, I mean, do you remember the conversation around, hey, I'm not going to follow in the family's footsteps and actually I'm going to do something completely different. What was the response? Actually, um, uh, it's very interesting because uh, I, I own my, my family, my dad and my family, really a lot of uh, um, uh, appreciation because they got me uh, early in the stage the ability to, to learn how to do what I want to do. So I started actually supporting my dad during summer vacation by working in his uh, uh, company because I wanted to understand how he's doing business and what he's doing, how, how we develop business, how, how we sell products, how he does import export. And I did try that. So I tried this every summer vacation. I wanted to earn my own uh, money because if I wanted to party, I wanted to be doing this by myself. And it was very interesting to, to learn it. And I recognize actually that it is not something that I would like to do for, for life. So I told my, my family that I will be going in a different direction. So, um, so I think for as, as um, in this culture, I mean, Lebanese, Greek culture and so on, family would be interested to see that the kids are growing and also uh, uh, willing to get education for the future. And uh, my family were actually, was actually in this period very uh, interested to learn what I want to do. 
And I took uh, not the easy pathway. The easiest pathway would be to step into the uh, what my, my dad is doing and take it over. And I was like getting the education early in the age because I wanted to learn it more. But I decided to take a different pathway. And they were like very supportive to say, if you want to do that, and it is the direction that you would be interested in, uh, we would miss you because you are deciding to leave and to go in a different direction. So it was my decision to go either to Germany, to go to Australia, or to go to the US to get that additional education. And they were like, okay, uh, like every family, we don't want to have our son going away. But uh, they recognize that what I'm doing is actually what I want to do. And this is what made me happy. And they are happy about that. So they were very supportive. But uh, the thanks that I can raise to my, my family is that they gave me this ability also to learn early because I learned from, from mistakes that my dad did. I learned also from things that he did perfectly. And I learned from him and I learned from my uncles and others how to do things in a different way. And this made me actually uh, uh, learn a lot in my life. And I'm still learning like everyone else. And you always learn from, by mistakes and by also doing things in the way that you believe it makes sense and then recognizing if it makes sense or not afterwards. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so some of those, that, that sounds really interesting because you're talking about sort of like learning from the mistakes, but also from the good behaviors that you've seen in your family and then applying it into your own field that's not necessarily related. So, so what sort of things, what sort of things did you learn and have you applied yeah, so I um, I have a dad uh, who is actually a very um, emotional person. So who, who who gave me something which is very nice, which is actually not to hurt other human beings. So to be in any anything that I do in my life, that I keep my humanity and my personal behavior. So I I can do things in a way which is interested uh, interesting for my business, but I should not do things which is which are hurting other persons. And this was a good thing that I learned from him. Even so, sometimes it is uh, could be to your ne uh, impacting you negatively because you support others, whereas uh, uh, they do not deserve it afterwards. What you recognize, but at the end, what is important is that you could sleep and you feel good when you are sleeping because you didn't do something which is wrong from your point of view. And I think this is a, a very good point that I learned from my dad. I learned also that uh, um, you need you need to take decisions quickly. So he he wasn't actually willing to take decisions which could be uh, let's say he he needed a lot of time to take decisions because he was fearing to take the wrong decision. And this allowed me to learn that uh, um, you can't change actually a lot. You cannot mitigate the risk to zero in all what you are doing. And you might uh, be, uh, uh, let's say, pushed in life to take a decision, which is not good because you took a wrong decision, but you should take it because if you don't do it, you will not recognize if you, you would be on the wrong side or not. And if you wait long, it could be actually much more damage that you are creating than actually benefit for yourself. And this is why I, I think this is, those are good learnings that I had from, from my dad and uh, from my family as well. And uh, important thing which I also uh, uh, look back to is, uh, and I'm still actually uh, learning is uh, the family part, which is very important because my mom and dad, they always uh, uh, teach me to, to consider that family is first and everything that you do is actually should be connected to your uh, that you go back home and you feel actually satisfied with what you are doing. 
and you treat others like you would be treating your family in the same way. And this would allow you to, to be always taking the decision which satisfy you in life. You spoke about taking decisions quickly, which is a really interesting concept, right? Because um, there's different schools of thought around that. And you also mentioned that, you know, you can't mitigate risks to zero. And whenever you take a decision, you, there are loads of factors that you can't actually control. Then you went on to say that um, it could be more damaging if you don't take a fast decision. So what do you mean by that? What yeah, because sometimes, you know, it's like uh, and you are in life and you are uh, standing in front of, of a situation where you, you need to decide how to move forward. Uh, if you do not decide sometimes and you keep waiting and delaying the decision, uh, you, you will create damage to your personality sometimes because you will recognize actually you are taking a problem with you for a longer period. So it makes sense sometimes to take the decision, it hurts you once, and then you took that decision and you move forward. Or it could be that's not hurting you because you recognize, wow, this was the perfect decision that I took in my life. And this is what I mean with that. So uh, taking decision is always something which is uh, important because it you can't, you can't get 100% clarity about what you are doing in all what you do in life. And actually, I applied this approach in my uh, management uh, uh, duties that I had in my career. And uh, I, I had to take decision. I said also my opinion when I felt I need to say that. And uh, this was always appreciated and sometimes not appreciated by people. But other people came back to me sometimes years later and they told me, you know, when you told us this, we didn't recognize that it is actually an approach which makes sense. But now if we look back, we said, we say by ourselves, it would be good if we followed what he said to us. Um, and some other things that I did in life could be that I, I, I decided something which wasn't actually great and it happens and this is how we learn. And I think there is no perfect person in life. There is always uh, an ability to learn and to take actually um, a pathway which satisfy you as, as a person. So if you reflect back on your career, what, 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 do you, what, what was the most challenging decision that you ever had to take? Actually, uh, the, if, you, if I look back to my career, the first decision which I had to take was related to moving to regulatory. So at that time, when um, let me take a step back because I want to tell you a bit more about that background. When I was studying, and I, um, we got like, I was doing a master degree and I wanted to get like more knowledge in medical engineering. And there was like an offering when you do a master degree that you select your courses. And there was one course telling quality management and regulatory affairs. And so I was like, what the hell is that? Do I need to do this? And uh, I went to the court for the first time with some other students and went into that room. And we were like sitting there and it's like, I never saw such a boring topic before because uh, the person who was presenting was telling the story in a way like typically a lot of regulatory professional and quality management expert presented. So very dry topic, uh, just reading through. So I felt like I would never do something like this in my life. Then I went into what I like actually designing, developing, researching, inventing devices, inventing, uh, let's say, uh, methods, uh, test methods, and doing clinical research. And then one day, uh, because of my research and my focus on a specific area, 
um, recruiters came to me and they tried to, to, to offer me a position at regulatory. I was like, what is that? I, I wouldn't be interested to, to, to hear that. Said so like, listen, I think this is actually what you are. It's like the position is done for you. And uh, so multiple notified bodies were in discussion with me because they wanted to offer me that position. I didn't know what is a notified body before. And even when, when people in Germany, you speak about TÜV Süd, so I was like not in that area. I said like, I stopped doing car uh, industry related aspect years ago. So why should I go now into car industry? I said, no, no, it's a medical. I was like, uh, why is it TÜV or a DECRA or, or BSI doing something like in, in medical? I didn't know that before. And so I wanted, I was like always curious to learn more about what, what uh, people are telling me. So I took the ability and I said, like, I decided to move and to take this opportunity to listen to what is the position. And when I met the people for the first time uh, after the first interview, uh, I went back home. I looked to my wife. I was like, I'm not sure uh, if this would be uh, good for me, but it seems interesting and the people seems very uh, excited about uh, the position and what you can do in that position so i will try it potentially but uh, let me think about it a bit more and then i decided to try it it's like i was young and it's like okay um uh, to do to give it a try is nothing bad so you can still try and decide if this would be uh, nice for you or not so for a period of time, I was doing double activities. Uh, so I was working in this field and in parallel doing actually what, what I focus on in my, my career. Um, and then I recognize how interesting it is to be in regulatory affairs and to learn also more from a notified body point of view, how much you could learn about the various manufacturers, about the various technologies, to learn more about quality management system regulatory. And that is not that right topic. And then I recognize that a lot of people in this field, they make this topic very badly presented and you got like not interested. And I, I started also giving uh, training and education in a way different to the typical way. Because I said, if we want to share the message, we need to share it in stories that people keep it in mind. And um, a lot of people till today, they come back to me. It's like, we know this stories that you gave us about MDR. We know this story, how you presented the clinical, how you told us about examples, how you, you said to us, educate your, your kids because they need to go into MDR in the future. This is their future. And people still remember this. And this is good because this show that actually your message was taken and people remember that. And people do not remember things that you read from, from books. And I think this is how I came into regulatory and why I, I, I uh, uh, to go back to your question, this was a hard decision at that time because I was leaving like research and I didn't take a full decision directly because I said I will do it in parallel because I wasn't sure if this would be my career future. But as you could see, uh, I am there. I'm happy to be in this field. And I recognize that I learned a lot from this field already. So let's talk, let's talk about the next big decision I guess that came many years after that which was actually leaving Tufsud so I think what loads of people know you for for the the role that you had at Tufsud you were highly visible you know I remember loads of your stories as well and I think it's really interesting to, to actually hear you talk about the the thinking behind um how you present certain concepts um but you know it's no secret that 
a couple of years ago, you you did then go on to to leave uh, one of the biggest and most successful notified bodies out there. So what made you do that? So um, being uh, at the notified body, especially when I was at TIFSUID, I, I am very thankful for all every day that I was at this organization because uh, I learned a lot and I am thankful also for, for the opportunities they gave me. So they made out of me the, uh, the person that I am today also in the regulatory field. So deciding to leave was like actually stepping out um, of, of a family. So saying to your family, uh, I felt at that time, like when I said to my mom and my dad, you know, I'm leaving now because I'm taking a new step. And the same thing is like uh, when you are like long, time with a company and you are happy and you are enjoying uh, it's always hard to leave but the good thing is like i didn't leave like um i, I compared it with uh, soccer uh, uh, like uh, uh, leadership they leave when they start to lose and i decided to leave in the highest actually career step that i could achieve at tufsud because i wanted to test something different so I learned a lot about how you can tell manufacturer what they are not allowed to do. And I wanted to see the different direction to help now others to learn how to do it, to give them the direction, to, to help them strategizing, to explain to them what we saw on the other side, which should be avoided to make sure that they have more leaner process. And I think this is actually uh, the person, the me in me saying to me after a period of time, now you learn more about actually future if you tell others from a different direction how they can get their uh, um, certification done in a reasonable way how they could avoid multiple round of questions so I, it was actually the challenging part which triggered me to say try it let's do this as well uh, go from another direction and try to support the various manufacturer again so i i had multiple opportunities to move into other notified bodies or to move into uh, industry. Um, but I didn't want to do that because I, I, I know this field. I wanted something more exciting. And I think it is uh, the exciting part in, in, in this, what I'm doing at this moment is that actually you are able to help. You are not anymore telling people uh, no, this is not how you should do it. And you don't tell them how to solve it. I saw a lot of faces in front of me in my career at, at Notified Body sitting there totally uh, unsure what they are, we are expecting from them. And uh, as you know, as a Notified Body, you have to always say, we are not allowed to consult, so please use your consultant. And we saw a lot of consultants as well, not knowing what they need to do. I remember one day, and this is a nice story, I was because a lot of people told me I have to write a book about my time at the Notified Body, but I had a lot of, I faced a lot of interesting people in my career. And Notified Body, uh, uh, um, I was sitting as a Notified Body personal in a meeting with, with one of our customers, and they had a consultant with them trying to express how they want to manage uh, uh, the non-conformities that we raise. And we said, we can't consult you, this is why you have the consultant with you. And the consultant asked me for uh, to speak in front of the door under four eyes. And I went out and he said to me, I don't know how to do it. Can you help me? I said like, no, I can't consult you. And he said, but you can't consult manufacturer. Perhaps you can <laughs> consult me how to consult them. And I was like smiling because I recognize how, how people are really struggling with our expectation. And I think this is a good thing that I can give now to manufacturer to help them on that. So what 
what's so in terms of like the day-to-day of your role right um what how does your role look today compared to what it looks like when you were in your VP role uh at Tufsud I think, I mean, I'm, I'm not managing now uh, this huge number of resources. I mean, um, the situation which happened in between is actually the pandemics that we, we, we face as well. So in the past, I was continuously in the plane. Everyone that knew me, uh, when they called me, they said, where are you at today? So this was the first starting point because they didn't recognize in which time zone I am. I think um, uh, the pandemic slowed down for everyone, even for people from Tefsut, uh, to be traveling that much uh, based on on the global uh, services they are delivering. But if we look to, to comparing the role, uh, now I'm personally much much more technically active as well to see what a manufacturer is doing to to help them on the strategy. I had a lot of management responsibility as well next to my role, and I had to do a lot of lobbying when I was at Tefsut which I'm still doing partially, but not that amount of effort. So I'm much more now doing, uh, uh, let's say, by my hand, like you say it. So you do it uh, by yourself uh, uh, and you deliver services, you support, you are uh, actively involved in a lot of things because I'm still in the initial phase of of my my company to, to develop the company, to get the resources um, uh, to the level that they need to be to be able to, to serve all our customers. But I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm proud to see actually is this a new start because you start with a new company, you have a lot of good people, experienced people that want actually to speak the same language with, with me together. And it is good to start like a, not to have like a big team, but to start again small and to get something growing. Uh, over the time again, which is uh, very nice. But I learned a lot about that also during my time at, at Tufsud because I had the ability as well to, to act in the various regions, to develop teams, to globalize teams. And this knowledge is helping me now in, in building my own company as well. So what would you say have been your sort of like biggest learning since creating Acra Team as CEO and founder? Uh, so my biggest learning is actually... I like it. I, I like what I'm doing. And I think it is, it is, uh, I recognize now how much, uh, others were doing in my background. So, because when you are in a big company, you have human resources taking care of this. You have like, uh, uh your controller doing that. Uh, you have supplier management doing this, uh, legal. And now you do everything and you have to keep an eye on every single thing that you are doing. So you recognize how much other people were doing in a big operation because even if you are small you recognize how much administrative stuff is happening in the background and this is good it was good to learn it again and to recognize that nothing is uh, automatically done and there is a lot of things behind one single organization and not just the person who is presenting himself or herself it's actually a wide team behind it and this is what i say is even with with my company name i included the team because it's not just me who's doing the job it's my complete team that is doing that and this is how we can succeed i tell you what i had exactly the same experience you know when i started elemed you know like all of a sudden you need a document, you know, I need, I need a company brochure, right? And when you work in a big company where there's a machine behind you of just anything you ever need, all of a sudden you're like, oh no, I need to write, I need to actually just like write the company brochure because we don't have one. And you sort of start to realize that actually as CEO, your role is not, your job isn't CEO. It's like 
in the early days, people would say to me, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm head of marketing, I'm head of HR, I'm a senior recruiter, I'm CEO, you know, you, have, you wear all these different hats in a small company, especially when you're starting out, because it's it's a complete different uh, different different experience to when you're in like this large major machine where yeah. you know everything is running smoothly um <laughs> but if you look back on your career basil what would you say have been sort of like your highest points your biggest successes i if i look to that i mean looking back to my career i i think um achieving uh, a big step um in in my previous uh, let's say uh, uh, role in, in uh, getting the global mentality and uh, making sure that team globally are working together. This was always a, a satisfaction where I saw like uh, uh, the teams um, being like internationally acting together towards one single target. This is, this is very important. It's sometimes some people believe that this is an easygoing step. It is actually a big step. And when you see team growing, this uh, make you uh, happy. So I, I, till today, I see messages from previous uh, colleagues, uh, people that were reporting to me that I see them like growing. It made me really happy to see uh, people that I put in a position, I supported them to grow, that they are achieving actually a, a strong growth within an organization. Regardless where they were, even when I was at in research, I have a lot of people that now they have their own company and they come back to me. It's like, you push us in that direction. It's like, no, you push yourself and I'm happy that you are there. And this is good because this satisfies you. But what I myself achieved, I think uh, the biggest step was actually, um, I remember when I uh, took um, a team uh, in, uh, at TUF at that time, um, where a CEO told me, um, I'm not sure if you can fix the problems connected with that uh, team to get it like much better for the future. And I uh, replied back, uh, give me six months. And uh, afterwards, actually, um, a lot of stories were written in, in turf about my success stories uh, for, for getting that achieved. And I think this became also successful just because of my mentality of having a team working with me to, to towards one single direction to achieve that target. And this made me actually very happy and satisfied. And um, I think this is why, I, 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 looking back, um, I can just say, actually, you need to believe on, on yourself. On You need to believe on the team that will be working with you on, on a specific uh, task. And if you are all of you committed, you can reach everything in life. And this is actually important. And don't let anyone in life uh, telling you that you will uh, get like a limitation or you will not be able to succeed. Uh, make yourself actually put your focus and decide what you want to achieve and uh, work with the right team to make sure that you achieve that target. Was age ever a problem for you, Basil? Because you're you're somebody who I think always, you know, you got to certain levels in your career, being sometimes the maybe the young the youngest, um, you know, at the seniority that you were. Did you ever find that a barrier? I mean, uh, no one no one is is um, perfect. Everyone uh, faced trouble, and uh, you need to just like I said. Uh, manage through the troubles you need to to find your pathway and uh, i'm a dad of three kids 
And when you have kids, and I say it to everyone, you recognize actually your, your limits. You recognize when you're standing in front of a child telling you something that you are not perfect because sometimes the kids put you on the biggest challenge in your life that you could ever see. And uh, if you could manage through that and you go back to the office, you recognize that you need to be calm. You need to listen. Even if you are facing, let's say, the biggest attack or you are facing bigger hurdle, uh, you, will, you will find your way. Uh, and you just need to be calm and you need to be professional of what, in what you are doing. And uh, then you will, you will find your pathway. So I found a lot. I had a lot of limitation. I had a lot of situation in life where I was like unsure what is happening. And uh, the things that I do back is like, I go back and reflect by myself and say, uh, what would be the best approach that I want to achieve? And uh, where do I want to be? And based on that, I take decisions sometimes to my negative, just to make sure that actually what I want to, to achieve later is actually to my satisfaction. And I think, yes, I had bigger hurdles in my life. And uh, I, I think every one of us had something like that. And uh, important is that we continue going and uh, don't, don't let anyone stop us. So you spoke a little bit about the successes um, and sort of like your highest points. What, what, what were your lowest points of your career so far? My lowest point in my career, um, actually, uh, if I, if I uh, look back to my career, what I had like um, negative, I'm just, I need to, to, to look to it in, in a way to say, uh, what would be a topic that would be uh, something that you would be interested to, to hear about? Uh, but I, I, would, I would just say actually that um, um, not, not being able to recognize um, that uh, people that I hired and I gave a responsibility, that um, they were actually appreciating the position that they got and they misused that. This was actually a situation where I felt really bad because I dedicated uh, a team leadership to a person that was not actually uh, the right person. So I picked the wrong uh, uh, responsibility for a position and um, I corrected it afterwards. But the time that I put the team under such a personal felt let me feel really bad in that situation for a period of time because i allowed someone else to manage a team and to manage the team uh, really for a period of time without recognizing that actually uh, this team is actually unhappy and unsatisfied with with the way how they are getting managed this let me feel really bad because i was disappointed not just about uh, 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 the, the situation but also about me not being able to identify that early in this stage when I was interviewing that person, picking that person. But like I said, every one of us does a mistake and sometimes you pick in a box and you believe you are getting actually, you did all the best to mitigate that risk and then you recognize it's not that reality what you are facing later on. Yeah, and, and, and things like this, you know, it's, it's exactly as you said at the beginning, it's always in situations that don't go as expected or when, you know, things don't quite work out that you that you have the most opportunity to learn and say okay well what do we what do we do differently next time right and I I would bet that you have really good set of interview questions or you know you've done something to your interview process to to, to help sort of avoid that situation but 
you know everybody makes mistakes right and so it's more about sort of like how quickly do you bounce back and what do you learn from the mistake that you've made and um how do you move on you know I think that these are these are also key things you know uh, that that we have to look at um so here's a question that I want to throw at you because obviously you've got all these years and years of experience although you don't have that much gray hair um <laughs> <laughs> they are they are they are everywhere okay well I can't tell so my kids are saying I'm I'm getting so old everything <laughs> is getting white <laughs> well that's that's uh, that's what MDR does to you right um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but like, what advice would you give to yourself uh just starting out in your career knowing now what you know what advice would you give to a younger you? Uh, believe on your dream uh, and uh, don't lose your past. So keep on the way that you want to achieve. And um, I, I think this is very important. And if you want to achieve a target, it's not sleeping around. So what I, how I, be, I, I became what I am today is actually working uh, three times uh, like a normal person sometimes a day to make sure that I'm achieving that. So uh, nothing comes from, from let's say, relax, uh, um, relaxing and sitting around and waiting. So if you want to achieve your target, you need to fight for it and you need to work hard. And working hard means success. So you can just earn what you're going to see. And this is actually how is life. And this is what I learned in my career. And I think everyone who is in a similar situation can tell you the same thing. My recommendation, if you have a dream, work for it and you will achieve it. So it's a really interesting concept as well that I just want to touch on. Um, the idea of working hard because... I feel like now it's almost like a taboo subject. You know, uh, there's a lot of conversation around work-life balance. Um, that's a really hot topic right now um, around work-life flexibility, um, around mental health and uh, stress and managing that effectively. Um, so what would you say to somebody who were to push back on, on your message to say life isn't all about work and actually, you know, it's better to, to work less and uh, have maybe more time with the family rather than working more and um, working towards that dream. What would you say? I, I think what is what is important, um, and this is this is a, um, a very important message that I'm sharing now. If you are doing and working uh, in a field where you are enjoying what you are doing. If you work longer, you don't recognize that you are working longer and you're going to manage that you have your family attention, you will be satisfied and the family will be satisfied. Because if you go back home and you are with a smile on your face, then the smile is transferred to your family. If you are unhappy with what you are doing, even working less will not make you actually happy and your family will not be happy as well. And you need to, to manage to balance your, your life in a way that is actually reflecting your, your interest and make sure that everyone is satisfied. As I said, I have three kids. I, I still do my sport every day. I still do my work. And I think a lot of people that knows me, that they know that actually my working day is not like other people. <laughs> and I, I'm uh, still uh, uh, enjoying time with my family, with my friends. 
And uh, people who, who knows me know that I am a person who, who wants to be also in the evening uh, in that restaurant, in that bar with you, to enjoy a drink, to have a nice conversation as not all what we do is like just working. Mm -hmm. But I know how much time I need to spend on the work and when to make sure that everything in the running is in the right direction. The thing is this balance you need to, to find by yourself. But what I hear a lot of people saying, I need to work less. And I need to work, uh, not to work, but to earn that amount of money to be actually very known. You can't get things like that unless you are coming from a, a, a very rich family which you get all the money in front of you. But even this money, you can burn it very quickly if you don't know how to manage it. So you need to make sure that you are actually able to deliver uh, uh, what, what satisfies you in a way that allows you to say, I'm working hard but I'm still enjoying. This is what I can share as an answer from my side. Yeah, no, it's really, it's a really interesting perspective as well, right? It's, uh, it, and everybody has different tolerances and different limits. And I think you have to find what works, what works for you and for yeah. you to achieve what it is that you want to achieve, right? Um, so Basil, we're coming to the end of the session and I wish I, I booked like two hours for this because I feel like we could just keep going and maybe we'll have to do a part two or something. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the, big, the big question that I love to ask everybody and I've got it for you today is what is the legacy that you want to leave on the world? What I want to leave in the world actually is um, as a person who worked in regulatory um, Remember uh, what I always said, not everything that is written is actually the best way that you need to follow. There are multiple ways to fulfill what is written and uh, the multiple ways will allow you to reach the same targets. So find your way and make sure that this is actually uh, the right way for you, uh, for your organization, uh, for you personally and so on. And I think this is, um, I applied that multiple times in a lot of uh, discussions, uh, even in my role when I was representing notified bodies, uh, reading law, you can apply this method, talking about your personal life, you can apply that method. So as a legacy is uh, what, what you can take uh, from me to say, uh, find the right way out of what is written for you and try to find it in a way that make you satisfied, uh, satisfy you and make you be happy in what you are doing on a daily manner. Thank you, Basil. And, and that's it. That's the end of the of the of the podcast. And that's the last one for 2021. So thank you, everybody for listening. Thank you, Basil, for your time. Don't forget to follow his company page Acroteam. Don't forget to give this a like a thumbs up to comment below to follow us on YouTube. And I will see you all in 2022 for the first episode of Career Diaries by Elamed 2022. Merry Christmas, everybody, and have a happy new year. Thanks, Basil. Thank you, Elena, and Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy New Year as well from my side.